or you know, Flo, I just want to say, as a cold open, each time cold. it says that your recording has started, I'm always like, that's a weird thing. And then I'm like, oh, I got to put my podcasting voice on. Yeah, yeah. well, okay. Yeah. You good? Should we cue in the, the title music? Yeah, let's go to Dakota. <laughs> From the home offices of Ash and Flow, this is Unbillable Hours, a podcast about professional services marketing. Stick around to listen to our insights, tips, and best practices to improve your firm's marketing and even your career. Nice. All right, with that done, welcome back ash i always say welcome back as if people sort of just pause before the whatever welcome no, back to this yeah, new we, episode we, of the unbuild house podcast it's probably yeah. not idiomatic english to say welcome back to this new thing. welcome to our new and improved episode where welcome to the grammar we, school podcast where florin learns the actual use where we basically are not going to talk about <laughs> the things that we spoke about last week because we've got some things going on some things cooking but you've had some interesting client conversations which resulted yeah. in yeah. today's episode yeah we wanted to, we were inserting an episode here which we will title points of view right because uh, i got some questions back from a consultancy client they were uh, they were probably more new to the marketing specific language mm-hmm. um, oh come on you and i both know experts. that like in a large firm people always need to understand what's a white sheet what's a poe what's a... yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so points points of use the the phrase pops up all the time it's uh super important to have as a consultancy but what actually is it why do we need it and, and, and how do we build one for marketing purposes mm-hmm. that's what we wanted to discuss today i was a little bit surprised full disclosure by the question because it's such a standard basic basic term for me which this always makes me laugh i've been doing this for so long and i should know better but that's, it always creeps back in that you presume people know stuff, right? That always keeps creeping back. Yeah, and I mean, like, what? How, how did you not know this? And then you remember, oh, yeah, I am the one who the, does marketing all the time and they never do it. So Let's <laughs> ignore the heat wave for a moment and realize that it is autumn. So it is basically the pumpkin spice latte of marketing. The pumpkin. Is that basic? Well, consult yeah, but in consultancy marketing for sure. Yes, that's you what don't have yeah. you don't have a product to show off, so you got to have a point of view. But I mean, with that said, we should maybe clarify. I have to give the same answer. What exactly do we mean by it? And and I told this to you. I think it's your firm's view or opinion. Mm-hmm. I'll use those both words interchangeably about two types of change, <clears throat> and these changes are what's changing in your client's world or market or business, right? So what's yeah, changing? I, yeah. And how does that impact or how does that then subsequently change how the client should work, right? Whatever the work is like, if, whatever you're consulting on, right? If you consult on supply chain management, then the, then you should have an opinion I mean, about what's changing yeah. in the world of supply chains and what does this mean should your clients change in the way they manage their supply chains? Yeah, it's a very simple thing. If you look at most consultancies, the big ones especially, it'll be like, because this is a voice they talk directly to clients. X situation is happening. Let's take COVID or the pandemic. Yeah, You need to react this way. 
basically in, at that time moved to the cloud because people were working virtually so that you can solve for something which you're facing. Yeah. That's usually, you know, and then comes in, you know, the company's value proposition of like how they intend to solve it and what they're planning to do. That yeah. would be the second part of this. But essentially yeah. the POV which, is yeah. big problem. It's, it's your opinion about yeah. these changes. And then, by the way, and, and I shouldn't say this because probably they recognize themselves in the podcast, but he had then the following discussion about like, yeah, but what if nothing's changing? To which I said, then we are discussing a scenario where we're not providing consultancy services, but staff augmentation. Because no one needs a consultant to run a stable system that works perfectly fine and there's no problems that need to change. Like changes, my short answer was, changes what we sell as consultants. That's what I mean, we do. You get, no um, matter what, you can always sell efficiency. You yeah, but then always... maybe you, yeah, but you need to change things so the business becomes more efficient, right? Yes, yeah, so you can always um, sell efficiency because guess what? Everyone is looking for improved processes, cutting costs, whatnot. So yeah, but improvements are changes as well. Hey, you get yeah, my point. Was yeah, yeah. change is what you sell as a consultant. If you're not selling change, then maybe the service runs under a different name as a bit of a yes. maybe trick yeah. argument. We could debate yeah. this endlessly, but that was my comeback to the yeah, question: yeah. like, what is if nothing's changing? Then yeah. essentially, you're probably in trouble because. There's not much work for consultants if nothing's changing. Anyways, I wanted to add that because uh, when we discuss the point of view in marketing, and I do this, I do the same thing all the time. We often refer to the general point of view, like view on your market, how your discipline or the function you consult, whatever is changing, broad strokes, broad terms. And then it sometimes can seem as if every firm only gets to have one, right? You are a firm, you serve a certain market, supply chain management. I don't know, you have a point of view on supply chain management. This is insofar correct as you should have a point of view on every area of expertise and every sort of um, mm -hmm. target audience or market segment or market you serve. But of course, as a firm, you can have multiple. And uh, yep. I, I gave you the example of, of McKinsey before we switched on the recording. They had whatever points of views they had for their various clients, industries and markets, but they also had internal points of views. For example, there's this fabled tiering system for priorities, right? Their point of view on, on what priorities their consultant should set was yeah. it's a client first, firm second, and you yourself third, right? That's a point of view if you want to. And you can immediately imagine someone taking a different one or arguing with it, but it's a strong opinion mm -hmm. and they apparently had it for a while. So the point is you can have multiple points of views. You should have one for each audience you speak to in a a significant yeah and as you speak about function, why right? you, you, you don't need one for one. every stakeholder group but the critical ones you should have a clear opinion uh, yeah, and as you talk about why you need to have one you also need to know that it needs to align with each other because this is how you're creating focus because essentially your point of view is the thing that you open with in terms of yeah. what you're yeah. selling so yeah and, and we, we, we get to that in a second but i that, that's an excellent point i mean it needs to be connected true and it also needs to be connected back to your actual expertise right if you yes. are a technology consultancy the point of view that you think technology is how you improve a business is sort of implied right so you you cannot have a point of view that says but actually i don't know in the financial services industry segment our point of view is that you should use no technology whatsoever that's would be a contradiction and to a point mm -hmm. yeah that's not how you should do it. 
Anyways, having, I mean, having that tension out of the way of the definition, you, you asked, you already said it, why should we have one? And this is also legitimately a question that the client came back with. Why? Because I kept droning on about how important this was. And they were like, why is this so important? And I was like, because for us marketers, um, and this is not my own idea, this comes from the Trusted Advisor book by David Meister and, and others. Mm-hmm. They say... If as a consultancy marketer, you need to build relationships and trust with strangers, which that's another way of describing the job we have, then one of the best ways you can do that is to have a strong opinion on something that's relevant to them. Mm -hmm. Why? And this is where we dip into psychology. If you and I meet, we don't know each other. And then I come out of the woodworks, I stick my neck out. And I say something opinionated, that means I take a risk in the relationship because now I have just made myself vulnerable and exposed me to the chance that you say, oh my God, I don't agree with this at all. Mm -hmm. And it is this taking of a risk and this taking the first step, if you will, into a relationship and and this making myself vulnerable, that is in itself a trust building mechanism or or exercise. So just having a point of view as a firm, Bit risky, but that's the very thing that builds the trust. I mean, let's be honest, trust is a risky exercise because you're essentially, you know, to quote Rachel Bartzman, building a relationship with the unknown. So if you are trying to build trust, it will be a bit unknown. You wouldn't know the factors, but this is exactly why you should be doing it. Yeah. And we, we could dive deep into the psychology. It's actually that's true. If, if you don't have side. anything to say, it doesn't make you know it doesn't make any yeah. sense. You need no, to it, like say it in the right way. Yeah, and and actually doing it is also because we often talk about providing value or starting the relationship by providing yeah. value. It is a kind of providing value because I, it's not clear what are we going to talk about. What does everybody think? How do we start this off this conversation? And by bringing my point of view and I'm taking all the burden off of you, the value I provide is I'm offering a framing and you now have a simple choice. You can say, yes, I like this and we continue or you say, oh my God, this is nonsense and you move on. And I saved everybody some time because we would never have worked well together based on that difference. So that's the main reason why we need a point of view, but there are other good reasons. I mean, yes, you started with building trust, but the next bit, what you talk is a differentiation that you offer with your point of view with your opinion with your you know what you're trying to sell as value that differentiation is where people can agree or disagree usually people don't disagree with like what you outright just said like hey most of the time like if you're a systems integrator firm you're talking about digital transformation no one's going to say we don't need digital transformation how do you do it what's your differentiator that's where you know you nail it Basically. I mean, there's this, this two points, right? The the For two reasons. One, we, we said it is risky. It's risky to make the first move to stick the leg off, to be opinionated, right? Uh, but in a world where lots of people hedge their bets and stay professional and say mm-hmm. nothing opinionated at all, <laughs> being the opinionated one immediately becomes differentiating. And then the second element is your point of view like I said, frames the discussion, right? And that means you get a chance to steer the everything that follows after into a direction that's beneficial to your uh, business and hopefully to the client as well. If I if you go back, if you remember the good old Accenture claim, which is no longer the, the brand's claim, but high performance delivered. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I remember that. used to have it. Yeah. There is an implicit point of view in that because they're saying, well, actually, technology consulting should also be about implementation and delivery. 
right? It's not about the strategy for high performance. It's not about the roadmap. It's about delivering ads. And that was a bit of a, I'm not saying they reframed the idea of consulting, but they clearly sort of, they made it very clear what conversations with them would be about. And it was not just strategy consulting, but something different. So that's another reason why this possibility to reframe the discussion is another way of, of supporting your differentiation. Okay. And then I think we have two more, right? Once we've taken the discussion to a specific place, that also creates focus, both for yep. the client and for our own people, like in the relationship, if you will. Because now everybody knows where they have to, what's the knitting we have to stick to. And this focus then hopefully also informs practice and, and how people do things. And I haven't added this to the notes, but subsequently what this does then is it shapes culture, right? Yes. Um, I mean... Going back it... to McKinsey, if you work at a place where people, everybody who works there has more or less agreed to the idea that firm first, uh, uh, client Mine's first, first second, people last. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sets a certain precedent for the culture there. And mm -hmm. it's not a culture of 40-hour work weeks or insisting on your PDO if the project gets a little bit... It's a 90s culture, which we yellow, can leave it at right? that because yeah. you and I both know where that goes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm not saying it's still alive. I'm not sure it's, yes. it's that's how they run or today. I don't know. But back at the day when they allegedly had that sort of mantra, that informed decisions and these decisions essentially became culture. So that's what a point of view, that's what a strong point of view can do. So it is very helpful for marketing, but it goes beyond that, I think was the point here. Right? Yes, so, exactly. So should we discuss how to build one if you don't have one? Which, sorry to say this, but I feel I need to defend my the client I referenced earlier a little bit. It's not uncommon among actually quite successful mid-sized consultancies. Like somebody who built a shop up to, I don't know, 30, 50 people, very successful business people in my understanding. But it's not uncommon to, to find firms where they don't have a clear point of view. And, or sorry, that is, that's my mistake of putting it wrong. Their experts will have those in their heads. They will have an opinion about their craft, but it's never made its way into the organization's understanding and expression, right? So it's not part of the culture. It's not part of the marketing. Individual, I don't know, solution architects or consulting experts or supply chain veterans have their views, but there's not the firm's view, not yet explicitly. So I do these exercises quite a lot. And yeah, I don't know. Should we click into it a little bit? <clears throat> yeah, go on. I'll let you lead with this. So, so it starts with a table, like drawing a table on a whiteboard mm -hmm. or whatever. And I do three columns, three rows. It's actually wrong as four rows because I need one for the headers. <laughs> but okay, so the three columns are first column, obviously, is for the labels. And then we have two additional columns. Left column is today and right column is tomorrow. These are the mm -hmm. columns, right? We juxtapose, or it could be yesterday and today or whatever. It could be all this new, but from here to, to there. Yeah. yeah, we said we talk about two changes, so we describe before and after. Now, then my first row reads, the label reads, how the world works. And keep in mind, world here is our unit of analysis. So maybe the business of your client or a specific industry or a certain function or whatever. Mm -hmm. And this next row then reads how we work. This is me presuming that our experts are in the same trenches as the clients are. All right, so writing this a little bit. So you can write how we work or how they work or whatever. It doesn't I don't care too much for the 
Semantics. Yeah. Put semantics here. But it's essentially describing the best practice. And then I add the third line, just optional. You don't have to do this, but what we struggle with, right? How, how has that changed from yesterday to today or whatever? So this is the table you draw. So again, two columns today and tomorrow, and then three rows, how the world works, how we work, and what we struggle with. Yeah. And then we sit down and make sure everybody's really clear about what we mean by world. So we really have to double check on are we fine on the unit of analysis here. So do we talk about the entire world of supply chains? Are we talking That's... about automotive industry supply chains? Do we talk about supply chains as a whole or the discipline of supply chain management? Let's be clear, right? It's then... essentially, if you look at it, the environment, the environment in general, the environment of operation. The next one would be like yeah. the operating principles. And the last thing yes. would be like challenges. If you want and good that you mentioned good that you mentioned it. Yes, there are frameworks which are similar. And you said this before we started the recording. You, you asked me yeah. if this is a simplified version of Pestle, the, the Pestle yeah. analysis, which it very much is. It is I'm deliberately not making any rules regarding, oh, are we describing first principles here? Are we describing something that's super tactical? Yeah. I don't care. The exercise here is to collect it and then juxtapose yesterday versus today. And in both be as opinionated and prescriptive as we can. Mm -hmm. So this is not to get like a history major paper done or to get good grades in the social science or to be very objective. We want to be opinionated and we can be opinionated about the old game and we should be opinionated about the new game. The, the, the perspective we want to take in is always, it's our, in our opinion, clients should be doing X or as in our view, the world now works in Y way. So that's the idea, right? And yeah, you have that discussion with whoever owns the point of view you're working on, right? So it could be the practice lead, again, of the, my friends in the automotive yeah. practice. And then you drive this through and you come to some conclusions. This is, once you have it, you need to consider the output of that exercise as an input into a creative process. So you might want to have a copywriter condense this, and that's going to be your point of view. But so that's one thing, right? Have this, yeah. The, have the stuff from the table eventually turned into a copywritten short paragraph, and then yeah. there are two extra bonus point disciplines you can go to. For example, if you can name the change, mm -hmm. that'll be super helpful for everything going forward from here. If you remember, we had Michelle Swan on for one of the episodes from Tercera, right? The, the, yes. the growth investing company that buys professional services firms or invests in professional services firms. And they themselves have this point of view about how the use of cloud by enterprise clients is changing for a second time. They describe it in great detail and they have named this the third wave of cloud. That's a good example for naming the change, right? If you can pull yeah. something off like that, that becomes a shorthand mm -hmm. for, that allows you to, once your uh, prospects and your people and everybody has understand what you're talking about, you can back, refer to, back to this all the time without having to explain the details. And then the last one I would also add is, if you can, maybe find a key visual for it. Also always super helpful. Yes, because people uh, usually think visually and people like that. This is the reason yeah. why if you work in the consultancy or have worked with consultants, you know that it's yeah. PowerPoint land. Yeah. And I'm not talking super abstract yeah. icons or logos, no, right? No. I mean, the BCG matrix is a two by two, the McKinsey S curve of innovation or whatever it was, a curve. 
you, you could even say the blue ocean strategy, right? There's not even a, a graphic or something a designer paints. It's just a visual metaphor, the blue ocean. Yeah. But whatever you can find there to refer to the thing or to go complement the name, good stuff. Yep. So should we end the episode and have a nice Friday? Oh, no. Do we need to recap? <laughs> well, I was going to say you need to recap at this point. Yeah. All right. Scroll back up. Let's remember. So we were discussing points of view, right? What is a consultancy point of view? Well, it's the opinion of the firm about a change in the world of the clients and a change in the way they should be working. Right? These two dimensions. You might add this third row, which I said when we drew the table, what's changing in the way of the problems the clients face. But that's just interesting to have it spelled out and you can make it part of the point of view. But essentially, um, that's... These are the elements, right? It's an opinion on a set of changes. Why do we need that? Because we can offer it up as the first thing uh, prospects see and hear from us. And that's a trust building exercise because we clearly state our beliefs, take the risk of them saying no to those. Yep. And that's in itself a trust building device. It also differentiates us, right? Because many consultants don't take a stand like that. Yes. So, and the point of view in itself hopefully also maybe reframes the discussion a little bit. And so that also helps us have a differentiated discussion that might look a little bit different with what others talk them about. If it's very bold and clear, then the point of view will also create focus inside our organization. We know what the knitting is. We need to stick to always, and it'll inform the practice. And through that, eventually the firm culture, right? And to your point, because I really like when you said it, that it needs to be aligned and come to be, be, be linked back to your expertise. If you have multiple points of views, which you can have, those need to be linked together. This just came to me, but I think, and, and I don't know if you agree, but if, if you do that well and you stick with it and you have the point of view inform many things, that's like super conducive to brand building as well, right? Yeah. It's not like the point of view becomes the brand, but it clearly helps with with underpinning it or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I have to think more about this. But yeah, yeah. It, so, it, it makes sense. Yeah. And then we said how to build one, drop the table, right? Today versus tomorrow, three rows, how the world works, how we work and what we struggle with, and then hand the results from the discussion to fill in the table to a copywriter and have them write your point of view in a single abstract maybe a single line right um i mean not to always go back to salesforce but they had their point of view in a single line which mark benioff back in the day drawn on to no end about the end of software right? their point of view yeah. was that SaaS is the future of the crm and he had one line to express this so anyways and then in closing if you can name the change he did that right he called it yeah. the end of software and find a key visual. Uh, I think they had, I, th I got to Google this, but I think Salesforce had like CD-ROMs on like a street sign where they were crossed out. That was, it's not yeah. as memorable, but they have, they had something to indicate the end of software as well. So, and if you can do all these things, then full marks on your point of view exercise and you'll be much better off going forward, differentiating marketing your firm. Completely no? agree with this point. And that, that sounds like it's a wrap for now right Flo? that's a wrap and i'll stop the recording here i wish you the best of fridays do you already have the heat wave in is it in or yet we or are we are having or? the heat wave we're having the heat wave it'll be done by monday i believe 
All right. Because over here, it's a very nice, shiny summer day. Maybe I'll, I'll go swimming later. I have some stuff to finish before. Cool. Have a good one. Uh, speak to you soon. And yeah, to everyone out there, thanks for listening as always. And have a good start to your week Wait. next week. Oh, eventually. Thanks for listening to Unbillable Hours. If you want more, tune in next week. You know where to find us. 